0: Hey guys, thanks for listening to a Jaguars United podcast. If you're wondering who we are, we are formerly another Jags podcast, but we decided we wanted to do more than just podcasts. So we have changed our name to Jaguars United. We now have articles, we have apparel, we have YouTube videos. So make sure to search us up and to find us on all the social media platforms, search us up Jaguars United. We're there, Uh, same people, just different name. And we're super excited about all the new stuff that we have. We're just having a general conversation about the Jags today because we wanted to kick off the podcast, uh, the restarting of the podcast with just general talk with the Jags. And I'm doing that, and I'm honored to be doing that with one of my good buddies, one of my day one homies when it comes to the Jaguar community, famous Jaguars YouTuber, Trebe from Trebe Talks. Trebe all the way from the Central slash West Coast. How
1: is it going? The Central West Coast is the Pacific Northwest and the Pacific Northwest best Jaguar YouTuber. I would not, I think you're honestly blessed to have one of the best Jaguars YouTubers on your channel. I'm doing terrific and I would not want to be anywhere else than sitting here talking to you about my favorite team, your favorite team, and your mom's favorite team, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. I
0: mean, when I think of like Pacific Northwest Jacksonville Jaguars, YouTubers, <laughs> the first thing that comes to mind is tree talks. Like it, it really is like, I'm so proud of you. And I, and I can't believe you've come this far right? I mean, right before our very eyes. So the podcasters can't see this, but, um, our, we're doing our conversation via yeah. zoom so we can see each other. And, uh, yeah. and we have a, uh, you can also watch it on YouTube. If you'd rather watch us talk, you can check out the YouTube channel mine or treves but I got to ask for the podcast listeners. It appears, and I could be wrong. It appears this recording is happening in your kitchen. Um, am I, am I correct in, in, in assessing that this interview conversation is happening while you're sitting in the middle of your kitchen?
1: Now you're half, right? <laughs> I, would, I, I would say, I would say 50% correct. And if I had the camera flipped over here, there's no lighting over here. So this is the best lighting. So my uh, best background you can get is my uh, my kitchen. So uh, you're kind of you're right. So yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, tree. We're both big football guys. So let me just ask you out the gate real quick. Give me your answer. Is there going to even be a football season played this year?
1: I've, I've been having some conversations with my friends where I've been saying, if there's not a football season this year, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like the whole month of fall really just revolves around football. I mean, college, NFL, when I was in high school, high school football, and I mean, you know, when I was working for a paper covering it, I mean, this is gonna be a whole weird time if there's no football involved. I mean, how how are you dealing with it?
0: I'm all right. Um I there's no way there they don't play. Uh, I mean there may not be fans there, but there's no way they don't play. And as long as they play, we have something to cover. You know, I I ended up not going to every home game last year. Usually, I go to every home game, and I didn't go to every home game last year um, for work reasons. And I was a little upset, but now knowing that maybe no one can go besides maybe what is it twenty five percent they said, which is like I think eighteen thousand people. You know, so besides those guys, you know, no one's going to be going to the games. So hopefully, I can catch a couple. But as long as they play, as long as they actually just snap the ball. We get to see Gardner Minshew show himself to be the real deal. Then I'm cool,
1: you know. And that that hurts people like your boy because this was going to be the year that Tribe finally made the trip down to uh, down there to Florida to see what you know it's all about down there. And you know this whole coronavirus thing kind of stunned those plans. But you know I think it's going to be very interesting. I think football this year is going to be very, very interesting. And I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are a team that is going to be extremely interesting. And I think a lot of just NFL analysts and, you know, people around the league, they're either really low on the Jags or they're really, really interested in the Jags this year. And I think there's a lot of of interest in this team. Why do you think that there is so much intrigue, you know, based around a team that, you know, doesn't have a whole lot of big names but does kind of have that potential?
0: I mean, I think the answer is simple Gardner Minshew. I mean, he, how many times were we on ESPN last year because of Gardner Minshew? I mean, if, if he wasn't on the team and it was just some run of the mill, mediocre quarterback, Blaine Gabbard, uh, Blake Bortles, you know, even think back to like David Gerard, and besides the year they made the run. I mean, they, no, they don't, they don't talk about the Jags. I mean, you can go the entire segment of radio or television and you don't see one clip of the Jaguars and Minshew brings us into the national spotlight. So people want to like Minshew. He's like your everyday guy's quarterback. He's so relatable. You can see yourself in him, and he's like that not just in Jacksonville but in the whole country. So the whole country is kind of rooting for him, um, especially the underdog story of him being a sixth-round draft pick, potentially being a great quarterback. I mean, I saw today, like, completion, or quarterback ratings – for rookie quarterbacks, it was like 91. Like, he was, like, leading the NFL of all the rookies. Um, I'm pumped for Minshew. Like, I'm a Minshew guy. I've been since he started, since, like, he kind of first game where he showed his potential, I've been on the Minshew train. Um, So, I I think think it's Minshew. That's why some analysts are saying that there's some interesting intrigue with the Jags. But, realistically, the team is probably a couple years away from really contending, and that's what most of the other people are kind of realizing.
1: I would say that this team, like you said, is realistically a couple of years away from you know contending from that big one. But you look at where this team is; they're in the AFC South. I realistically still don't think this AFC South is a powerhouse division. You know, um, a lot of people see the addition of Philip Rivers to the Indianapolis Colts as a key addition that will make this team a real threat, not only in the AFC South, but to the AFC, you know, I haven't really done a deep dive into the AFC South on my YouTube channel. So I haven't really been able to share my own personal opinions on uh, the Colts and the AFC South as a whole. Uh, What does the addition of Phillip rivers and the Indianapolis Colts do for the Colts? And what is your thoughts on the AFC South as a whole division this year?
0: Well, I mean, uh, first off with Phillip rivers, I mean, Yeah, Philip Rivers is an upgraded quarterback. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the league, no doubt about it. He's going to make any team instantly better because of his ability to play. But the Colts, I mean, Philip Rivers now has a small window of winning. I mean, you're looking at one, two, maybe year window um, where they can be competitive. And even the guys they drafted um, aren't guys that you know are going to give you any type of look down the road. They drafted the running back from Wisconsin who already had four years of being the feature back at running back snaps under his belt. And so running backs don't usually have longevity. I mean, the team, maybe they're good this year. Maybe they win the division this year with Phillip Rivers. Maybe they compete with Houston and, um, but outside of one or two years, then what, then they're in salary cap issues. Um, They're, they have no quarterback. Phillip Rivers isn't, you're not going to be drafting in like the top three with Phillip Rivers as your quarterback. So you're not gonna be able to draft a good one. Um, so it's interesting to see. I mean, the Colts have set themselves up nicely um, in 2021. Um, they actually have the most projected cap space of any team in the league, so they have the ability to go out and get some players and to sign some free agents. Um, but as far as next year, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's interesting. The, you know, the Colts are usually a well-run team. So, um, and as far as the AFC South goes. Houston goes as Deshaun Watson goes. Um, If he suffers another injury, he's kind of injury-prone, then the team's there. And I think the Titans are extremely overrated. They have $150 million tied up in their quarterback and their running back, and that's just not usually a recipe for
1: success. Let's go back to Houston. Deshaun Watson, no doubt about that, is a great quarterback, uh, has had some injury issues in the past, but how much is the loss of DeAndre Hopkins going to hurt this team you know, Deshaun Watson has grown up in his career having that elite wide receiver and DeAndre Hopkins. You know, now he does have David Johnson, and David Johnson by no means is not, he's not a bad running back, but he also is injury prone. And, you know, I think Houston personally takes a step back this year. And, you know, I think as far as the AFC South goes, uh, I think the top of the division is going to be kind of fought between Tennessee and Indianapolis this season. What, what, what is your projection on Houston?
0: Yeah, I mean Houston. That was really interesting. What happened with DeAndre Hopkins? And the only justifiable answer is that Bill O'Brien and Hopkins didn't get along because DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in football. Um, the only other thing you could look at is do they like what they have behind him? Uh, Will Fuller, you know, Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb, Brandon Cooks. Like they have some guys now that they kind of kind of fill in behind that spot with DeAndre Hopkins and. If DeAndre Hopkins is going to be, um, you know, demanding top tier money and Bill O'Brien looks at his offense and looks at his squad and looks at his quarterback. And he says, I can get away with a bunch of guys that de- paying less than him. Then he made the right move for his team. But as a whole, their offensive line, they, it's always going to be an issue Um, the defense. I mean, JJ Watt, it hasn't really contributed in a couple years. And I, I don't know. I mean, they're, they have, They have a lot of missing pieces, and I mean, if they get lucky and they don't get injured and they catch some breaks, then I think they could make the playoffs like they did last year, but, you know, they're one of those tweener teams that could go either way depending on the roll of the dice.
1: I think that's kind of how the whole AFC South is built, and I think Jacksonville kind of falls in that category. I mean, if Gardner Minshew plays to the potential that he did last year in a full 16-game season, and some of these key players that they need to step up, do step up, then I think Jacksonville kind of falls into that same category as every team in the AFC South. I mean, they have some talent on the offensive side of the ball that could really get them there, especially in my opinion, uh, from the pass catchers, the tight ends, and the wide receivers. Uh, I just recently broke down the wide receivers in a position outlook. In my opinion, I think this is the best wide receiver room that the Jaguars have had in a really really long time, I'm very high on a lot of these guys. Uh, I want to know your take on the jaguars wide receivers. I've seen the face you made, and i just i need to, I need to see what uh what kind of takes you got
0: yeah, I mean that's pretty bold. i mean there's no doubt that the receivers have not been good um in a while, but you think back to that Allen Hearns
1: Allen robinson marquise lee squad that we had i mean that was like a one-year thing, though. There's there's a lot of guys in this room right now that could be sticking around for a couple of years. They just right, so you in.
0: got you got DJ Chark, who is I mean he, he's not as good as Allen Robinson, but I mean he's he's good. Uh, then you you're not a fan of Didi Westbrook, so I mean that's out the window
1: there. I think like, Didi Westbrook opens the door though, as far as having like a whole core of guys that are talented. You know what I mean? I mean,
0: who who would you throw the ball to confidently on this team? DJ Chark? That's it. DJ Chark,
1: Chris Conley.
0: I mean, Chris Conley
1: is okay. I mean, he he's, he's good at, like, the slant routes and – you know, he, he, Chris Conley is underrated. I think Chris Conley is also underrated as far as being a vertical threat too. I think later in, later on in the season, he came along as being more of a vertical threat. You know, you've seen it in like the Atlanta game, for example, that 40-yard pass from Minshew. You've seen it in the Kansas City game as well. And Minshew is building these, this kind of chemistry with these wide receivers. And I think Chris Conley is one of them. And that's kind of why I was talking about D.D. Westbrook not, you know, really blowing me away because – Gardner didn't really throw to DD that much. They don't really have that much of natural chemistry. I think Gardner's building that kind of chemistry with Chris Conley. He does it well after the catch in the short game, and I think he's also coming around to doing it more in the deep game, in the deep ball game, in the vertical game, and he's doing it. And DJ Chark could do it. And then you got younger guys like Colin Johnson, LaVishka Chenault that I think could also really add to this wide receiver group as well. I mean, you
0: could convince me that Colin Johnson, LaVisca Chenault, even Chris Conley are going to play better than expected. Even so, I don't think that's a unit that's like the best we've ever had or anywhere Not close Not the best to. that
1: we've ever had, but the best that we've had. Well, I mean, you look back at Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns, it was Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I mean, want like thousand thousand-yard receivers. Then you threw in Marquise Lee, who had a good year in 2017, and Didi Westbrook came on in 2018 i mean
1: this, alan this, robinson this, and alan hearns wasn't a 2017 duo though that was like a 20 yeah 2015
0: 2016 yeah and but i mean i don't know i mean chris conley he had an 862 pff grading he was the 87th best receiver in the league i mean dd westbrook had a higher pff rating of 63.5 so I mean, those aren't i mean and we saw with nick folds nick folds like tried to force feed chris conley for some strange reason like he wouldn't throw it vertical to Chark, but would try to force feed chris conley and they were horrible and they couldn't get anything going they can never get any kind of momentum going or anything or anything like that um so i think we've seen what can happen if you force feed chris conley then we've seen what can happen when you force feed a guy like dj chark um dd westbrook's got health issues slash confidence issues maybe i mean uh, maybe he wasn't used the right way i i don't know it's but this team is still probably a receiver away from having a complete unit in my opinion. I mean, and and I'm a big believer in LaVisca Chennault. I think he can be a good player, but I think he's a slot guy. I think he's a gadget guy that comes around on jet sweeps and end arounds and even direct snaps even, but like, you know, give him the ball in space, have him make some plays with the ball in his hand. DJ Chark. I think you're still missing that number two, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. And I think, well, you have Leviska that can do all that, but I think you got a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things too.
0: I mean, you gotta have three receivers nowadays. Jags have one. That's the bottom line. Like we all hope, we all hope Chanel is gonna be the guy. Uh, we all hope Westbrook can bounce back. We all hope, you know, Keelan
1: Cole can bounce back, but we have one right now. I would disagree with that. I don't know. I, I have higher hopes than most for this. Reed, how can
0: you disagree? We, we, uh, <laughs> look, look at their the stats. Look at, look at, they're horrible. The, they're horrible. The, DJ Shark's the, the only guy who's good. The stats appear. good. not good.
1: You, it, the PFF grades, the PFF grades. I'm grade. looking at the grades right
0: here. How about looking at the stats? How many yards did he have? I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's around 800.
1: Receivers. It's around
0: 800. Dude, Minshew, like, is, is, can extend plays with his feet. Receivers should be able to get more yards and more catches with a quarterback like that. Um, and they're not. They're, I mean, and, and they haven't. They've never, bu- I mean, Westbrook.
1: When you get one, a six-round rookie quarterback in there, you're not expecting to have two 1,000-yard receivers. Yeah, there. but at the,
0: but you're also not, you're expecting, not even expecting to now, have one. You're not expecting a sixth round quarterback to do what he did with the Jaguars and and have have a great year. And and you just you can't excuse everything for they're young or they had a young quarterback. At some point, players got to make plays. And it's not even that they weren't making plays. These just weren't getting open. If it was like. If it was like, okay, they were open and Minshew wasn't hitting them or there was bad throws, like, okay, yeah, you know. But these guys are dropping the ball. These guys aren't getting open. You know, these guys are like, it's it's not – they're not that good. They're not. Chark is good. I hope LaVisca is good. But Lee is washed. Westbrook's probably done. Keelan Cole is MIA. I, it is what it is. Like I, am not trying to rain on your parade, but I'm trying to be well, a realist.
1: Well, we'll we'll pull this video up back in December when we're <laughs> when we're in the playoffs. I mean, and, yeah, got, man.
0: I, if, and I would love to be proved wrong. I would yeah, love got, to be proved wrong.
1: I I don't know. I think there's just I have a really funny feeling about Chris Conley. I really do. I don't know. I there's just there's something about him where like the team on social media is really just just loving Chris Conley and like and he did in my opinion more than expected that he was supposed to do last year He got 800 yards got signed to an extension he's gonna do what he needs to do lavishka is a guy that we drafted that was supposed to be a first round talent and he's gonna ball out and a lot of people know that and you got guys like keelan cole dd westbrook who you know if those guys can't get open they'll be there they're open you got guys like tyler eifert james o'shaughnessy too at the tight end position that I think are going to be, you know, real difference makers as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, you have to – it's not fair to mention it without mentioning Tyler Eifert uh, because Eifert is a receiver. I mean, you can call him a tight end all you want. But what Tyler Eifert does now is he's a receiver. He does not line up on the line of scrimmage ever anymore, like next to the lineman. He's a receiver. And so I I think you do get something out of Eifert, but it's red zone threat. Um, It's jump balls. Um, It's quick. Outs things like that, which help Minshew and are good things, um, and, and that does add to it. And you know, and that that is fair to add that in. But I mean, you're looking at these, you're looking at these grades for these receivers, man. I mean, CJ Board looked better than D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley did last year. Like when CJ Board was in, you were like, oh, go, here we go, here's something. Like he'd make a catch and get some. It seemed like you know, it seemed like these guys just aren't what they. Eat we're supposed to be, or used to be. And I think with LaVisca Chanel, I don't think anyone thinks he's a bad player. I think the only knock on him is his injury proneness. Yeah. Cause like, he would have been
1: a first round pick if he yeah, didn't
0: have, he's yeah. been injured and, and he's that, he's that guy. That's like, Oh, everyone, you know, I'm, I'm going to go to Colorado instead of a, a big time school. And I'm going to be a wildcat quarterback. And, you know, it's, it reminds me of, of a lot of guys who don't pan out. Um, Denard Robinson, Denard Robinson, guys, you know, guys like that that are flashy, make a lot of plays in college. But when it comes to the big boys running you down and tackling you, your body can only do so much.
1: Man. I've been known around the community as being way too optimistic, so maybe. Maybe that's maybe that's Trey being too optimistic. So I don't know.
0: And look, I'm with you. I'm optimistic guy too. I get called that all the time. And I think that's our job. I mean, people don't watch us to see doom and gloom. That's what you can watch the national media for. You know, they want people want some optimism. They want some hope. You know, and that's what we give. But you're not going to hear me say it out of the wide receiver position. Is all I'm saying. I mean, we had a question. We we asked on Twitter, "What are your what's the biggest strengths and what's the biggest weaknesses on this team?" Like for me for weaknesses I was seriously considering wide receiver as our biggest weakness position. Because out of I mean I the whole
1: I, team or the I mean, whole
0: offense out of the whole team. I mean I'm going through everything and I'm I'm I got solid starters everywhere. Wide receiver 2, who's your starter at wide receiver 2?
1: You would okay, so you're going to say wide receiver is a weaker position on the team than the safety position?
0: Well, the safety position, I like Ronnie Harrison. People And the for,
1: defensive back. Honestly,
0: I'm a bigger, like, kind of how you feel about the receivers is how I kind of feel about the defensive backs. Like, they're better. And it's not even that they're better. It's that they're young. Their average age of the defensive backs is 23 and a, and That's a half. That's how
1: I feel about the receivers. The receivers, are receivers aren't
0: young. Chris Conley's 28. Besides like Chris Westbrook's Conley, like, DJ Chark's like 20, 24. Chris, what, how old is D.D. Westbrook? He's, he was like the 15-year, fif- he played in the league, uh, college for like D. 10, like 10 years. years. He played in college so for like 10, <laughs> 10 years. These guys are – I mean, it's not a young team. I mean, it's these guys are not young. Keelan Cole's not young. Chark is young. Um, Chennault is young. But, look, like I was saying, to me, a starting receiving core is three guys. We have one. We have one proven receiver on this team that's like, okay, that's a good starter. On the DBs, at least Ronnie Harrison's good. At least CJ Henderson's going to be good. You know, that's two. At least least that's two. You know, Gerard Wilson got a contract extension, played more snaps than any defensive back, so led the team in tackles. You know, you got Trey Herndon. Who knows? He's got good size, but I mean, I
1: mean it, it's definitely strong. So I've called on Ronnie Harrison.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's the, the thing. The reason why is because he misses tackles and like yeah. he tries to like destroy people. I mean, like, doesn't wrap up. And then, like that really frustrates people because then you see the, the guy get like 10 more yards and you're like, dude, Ronnie, just wrap up. But he, he's getting better. I mean, Nick Saban always talks about how he does, he, he struggled reading the quarterbacks when he's younger, um, but he's gotten a lot better at that. Hits hard, reads the plays, tackles, can play both the strong and the free safety position. I like Ronnie Harrison. Um, We'll see what the the two guys, obviously, the undrafted guys, Trey Herndon and uh, Gerard Wilson, are, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of them, but at least you got two. At least you got two DBs. You got one receiver.
1: At least every receiver's been drafted. (laughs) Except Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole? Keelan Cole, all right. He led the team in receiving yards one year.
0: D.D. Westbrook, a fourth-round pick, and then Chark is a second-round pick. Yeah, you know, Chenault, second. No first-round picks, though. At least you got a first-round pick on the DBs, you know? So, I mean, it's – They're both not incredibly strong positions, but at least at DB, your average age is 23. That's good. Like, that's what you want. That's why 2021 is probably their window. And in 2021, I guarantee you, only two of those receivers we've named on this entire podcast will be on the team in 2021. Maybe C.J. Board. Maybe three. Because I like C.J. Board.
1: Yeah, what's your deal with
0: C.J. Board? Low-key, I like C.J. Board, bro. He's the guy that, like, he he doesn't play very many snaps. I mean, how many snaps does he play? 36. He played 36 snaps, okay? Not that many. But every time he's on the field, you notice him, and you're like, oh, thanks, C.J. Board. He just kind of had a good play there. I like C.J. Board.
1: Um, okay. So we're going to get off the, uh, I want to get off CJ board. You don't talk about CJ board anymore. Dude, no, I don't no, Give the man some respect. Dude, you would hate to watch my receiver outlook video because right at the beginning. I'm like, I'm not going to talk about CJ board. That's like, I say that in the first minute and a half. <laughs> if,
0: if there's one thing about our videos slash podcasts that we do. It's there's always one randomly obscure player <laughs> that will make a reoccurring theme throughout the video. Actually,
1: Every single fucking absolutely. Video. Yeah, I wish we were. I wish we were making videos back in like 2013. Because we'd be like, dude, Allen Ball, bro. Like, <laughs> <laughs> dude,
0: there's no t- dude. Uh, you re-
1: when you were talking
0: about um, receiving cores of all time, do you remember when we had like Jarrett Dillard? Um, yeah, Jarrett Dillard. Um, who, uh, freaking- who, there was like three guys drafted that year. Um, Mike Sims Walker um, was on the was playing yeah, then. Mike um, Thomas, Mike dude. Thomas from Arizona. Yeah. It was just that most like random. Scrub group of receivers that everyone like convinced themselves we're going to be good. Mike Maybe somebody, I'm doing the yeah. same thing. Maybe that's what I'm doing right now. I like Chenault, but again, his health is going to be his thing.
1: I like Chark too. I think like you know yeah. what? There's people in the community that think DJ Chark is like a flash and pan. They think that.
0: Well, I mean, it, it's he's not a he's not a solid run a run a solid ten yard post and make a good catch in space guy. He's a he's a run a vertical and catch it over somebody guy and. Those guys do flash, but then again, those guys also are precursors to all pros when like, they are developing their skill, but the first thing that usually comes up is that, which is like the jump ball guy, and then they kind of work themselves into being like a can-do-everything type of receiver. But, I mean, Minshew is not your typical quarterback, and Chark's not your typical receiver, but it works.
1: See, and the, another reason why I say like I like this receiving core, it, it goes hand-in-hand with Gardner Minshew. And I don't want to say that the comparison's there. I want to say as like a thrower and as a quarterback, not as like a mobile and like can do things out of the pocket, but like as far as making the right read and just getting the ball out of his hands, Minshew reminds me a lot of Brady and like Brady just makes smart decisions. Like he just knows where to go, knows how to get it there and just makes the right read all the time. And if you need just, like, five guys that if they can just run their route, get to the right spot, and Minshew can just get it to them, that's five all right guys to do that. That's what I'm saying.
0: You know who Minshew – and I think, I think you're right as far as how you're evaluating Minshew, but you know who he reminds me of more than anyone? And, like, I've said this before, and people are like, you're an idiot. He reminds Hold me on, of part-
1: like, let me guess. Alex Spence. No no uh, i was yes cool.
0: I, I carson wentz and look really? i kn- and look i know he i know he doesn't look like carson wentz and that's what hangs everyone up is they look nothing alike carson wentz is big and strong and tall rock rocket arm but Minshew has a good arm and he creates space with his feet he makes good reads he buys time smart like there's guys who buy time in like not the smart way like yeah. think back to like bortles like He would buy time, but, like, not in a good way. He'd roll out of the wrong direction, or he'd throw it, you know, into the ground once he rolled out. Minshew and Wentz both create space with their legs, keep their eyes downfield, and know what the offense and defenses are doing. They're both smart players. So, I mean, there's a lot of comparisons in their game. Um, Yeah. But, you know, again, they don't don't look the same. But I I didn't watch your video, admittedly. I'm sorry. No. Um, Did you talk at all about Josh Hammond or Terry Godwin?
1: are they receivers yes they're receivers then no i talked about i talked about guys because this whole corona thing and like preseason getting cut you know you don't know how many of these guys are gonna fucking make the roster so i just i agree well josh
0: josh hammond played at florida um so i mean a lot of people here watched him play um very solid receiver reminds me a lot of chris conley maybe a tad bit more upside um and then terry godwin a very speedy receiver. Um, from Georgia, who, again, a guy who played in this area. I don't know. I mean, I think those two guys, I think one of those two guys might come out of this training camp and season as um, a guy you see playing some significant snaps. In D.D. Westbrook's spot. I mean, if D.D. Westbrook plays like he did last year, he will not have a spot very long in the NFL, unfortunately. Yeah. Because, I mean, he's, he's unable to get open. I mean, I don't know if it's – maybe the other teams have watched this film and, like, figured him out, can't get open doesn't get any balls thrown to him. So
1: Well, I think I think that was – I think a big part of it last year was that – I mean, who was the Jags' number one receiver heading into last year? They, they had to have thought it was D.D. Westbrook. Yeah, it I was mean, D.D. Westbrook.
0: And everyone, yeah. was, everyone was huge on D.D. coming into yeah. this year. And that's why so that's I think it was – probably a big season. factor. Yeah, absolutely. And that maybe was probably they, a big factor. They zeroed in on him and they took him out of the game. But, um, you know, D.J. Chark, I mean, by week – four, five other teams knew DJ Chark was like the guy and they were double teaming him and he was still making plays because he's a big play guy. Um, So hopefully Chenault can take some pressure off of him. But I mean, no one, I don't think anyone's scared of Chenault right now. It's going to take like three or four weeks for people to even be scared of him. If he comes out of the gate swinging, that means Chark's going to be seeing double teams for the first four weeks of the season. So hopefully those guys can step up. I mean, it's, you know, I, I will say, I mean, I guess we can talk about the strength of the team now. I think the strength of the team is also on the offense. I think the running back position has now become the strength of the team. I, mean, I think with Leonard Fournette and Chris Thompson, I mean, those are now two guys that can create plays. I mean, we've talked to death about Leonard Fournette's stats and numbers from last year. Although it was high volume, he was a pretty good player last year. Chris Thompson is a good player every single year, no matter who the coach is. No matter what the offense is, no matter who the quarterback is, the only consistent in that is Chris Thompson. So I think that's the strength. I think that will take some pressure off of the receivers. Also Tyler Eifert. So the you know, offense, you know, I think got better this offseason.
1: That's I I've been preaching that like a lot during this offseason. That I think for the first time in a while, I really think the offense is better than the defense, and I think the offense is the strength of the team heading into this season. And Chris Thompson and Leonard Fournette, I agree, is the strength of this team. I think the backfield as a whole is. I think Minshew is going to, you know, provide a lot of, you know, plays. Hopefully, you know, I, do, I always get a little bit hesitant to say like Minshew is going to be great or Minshew is going to be good because I don't want to jinx him you know, because <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be, I just don't want to. Cause you know, I did that with Blake Bortles one too many times and I don't want to do that with Gardner Minshew. So I will agree with that. I'll say the running back is the strongest position. Um, I, I have a lot of hopes for the offensive line. Uh, not, not to say that they're going to be a strength. I didn't mean, I didn't mean it in that context, but I did want to kind of switch gears because we were talking about the offense I have some hopes for the offensive line. I think Brandon Linder continues to be consistent. I think he's going to be a consistent piece on the line. Jawan Taylor is a player that I have said consistently good things about. I think he's going to be um, a good player in year number two. I hope Cam Robinson comes off and plays well and develops into, you know, because it takes a while to get off that injury. Me and you had that discussion. And, you know, hopefully, uh, God, already Andrew Andrew Norwell, hopefully he freaking, with the new contract, the new incentives, hopefully he's incentivized to play better. But, you know, you never know with A.J. can. What are your thoughts on the offensive one?
0: Man, I've felt good about them going into this year. Um, But this year they showed on tape that they're not what we all thought they would be. Brandon Linder, you're right, is good, but he's getting older. And yeah. the center position is a position that, frankly, isn't difficult to find a guy to be serviceable there. Look at the guards. The right guard is a huge question mark. I'm not a big fan of Will Richardson. I mean, everyone knows that. It's just it is what it is. He is... I didn't like him in college. I don't like him in the pros. Everyone is assuming that he can take over the left tackle job if Cam Robinson doesn't play well. And, I mean, you realize this team went out and got Cedric Obwehi to play left tackle over him last year. So I think people are, for some reason, love Will Richardson, whereas if he was that good, he'd be a starter on this very, very mediocre line already if he was that good. Your tackle positions, you know, I I like – uh, Jawan Taylor for a rookie, I think he outplayed his expectations at the same time. His run blocking was not that great. Um, 58 grade on the run blocking, good pass blocker, and, and that's what everyone knew that he was a really good kick stepper, good pass blocker. Um, especially with a guy like Minshew, if you miss a block, he can still like create time and things like that. Um, Cam Robinson, I'm holding out hope that he's gonna be okay. Um, but if you like put a gun to my head and we're like, what's he going to be? And I'm going to say he's not the starter by the end of the season. It's just it yeah. is what it is. You know, at his best, healthy, he was okay. Yeah. You know, he was above average. And add on top of all that stuff, look, left tackle is a huge, important position. I think the Jags are giving him one more year, and then left tackle could be your first pick next year. If Gardner plays well um if chenault plays well your your first pick in 2021 is a left tackle
1: that's just the way she goes that's just it man you can bookmark it right
0: here you can say it you can quote me yeah
1: exactly um as far as the defense goes i haven't done any position outlooks for the uh defensive side of the ball so far but uh it's um it's a little shaky for me this defense is i know from just based off of what you have said so far in this podcast you seem to be a little bit more of a believer of those guys, uh, at least on the secondary. What, uh, what is your thoughts on this Jaguar defense heading into the 2020 campaign?
0: Well, again, it's not like I think the secondary will be like amazing this year. It's Their average age is they're 23. They're 23. The oldest dude on that defense. The
1: future is bright. what future
0: is bright. I mean, DJ Hayden is the, the oldest guy, and he's like 29. Gerard Wilson's like 26. Then you got like a 23-year-old Ronnie Harrison. You got like a 21 year old CJ Henderson. You got like a 23 year old Trey Herndon. I mean, it's just a young secondary. I like Josiah Scott. I think Josiah Scott is going to be the next DJ Hayden. I think the timing of that draft pick was perfect, not only where they got him, but in what year they got him. Because I think Hayden's last year will be this year with us. He's going to move on somewhere else, get paid a decent amount of money, which he has deserved. But I don't think he's worth a huge contract, but he's deserved it from another team plug in josiah scott in there at the defensive back nickel position i don't know about trey herndon i think he may be a guy you may have to replace but cj henderson's in it for the long haul i mean he reminds me of patrick peterson to be honest with you the linebackers i mean you only need two you only need two linebackers in it now i mean you don't need three we got two we got miles jack we got joe schobert joe schobert played you know 1,300 snaps last year, or something crazy. Like, I I don't know. Not 1,300, like a thousand. Joe Schober
1: is the best middle linebacker in the National Football League.
0: Well, his grades weren't great, PFF. I know everyone's not like biblical on PFF. He graded out the 49th best linebacker. Um, But, you know, he's okay in pass coverage. Uh, People think he's a great zone uh, coverage guy, which his film showed like kind of he's better at man, even though he's like not. As athletic, they make a play on the ball. He's on the hip, at least. Really good against the run, scrapes well, finds the gaps well. Reads the quarterback well. I think linebacker, we're okay. Miles Jack is going to step up this year. I mean, he had a bad year last year. It happens. The D-line, obviously, the big question mark is Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, is he playing or not? I mean, if he's not playing, I still think we're okay. But if he is playing, I think we have an elite unit. So, um, Oh, I'm with you. I think the offense, it may be a little bit better than the defense right now, but I think 2021, 2022, this defense. I mean, dude, you're looking at guys like Josh Allen, Kalevon Chason, uh, miles, Jack, um, CJ Henderson. Dude, that's a solid core on your defense right there. Like real solid, like real, real solid looking forward.
1: There's a lot of, yeah, I know. I get you. I get you with the youth and, as far as this year, I think this year the offense looks better than the defense. But like you said, in a couple of years, with you know guys like Josiah Scott, obviously Joe Schobert signed that contract; he'll be here for a while. And you know, I know you're a big PFF grade guy. You threw those grades. This is like the fifth. I am. I, I, I am. I'm a,
0: I'm a I'm a I'm a big PFF guy. I really am. And, and I and again, I'm not a guy that says like, oh, they're bad because they're PFF grade but it gives you a very interesting outlook. Yeah,
1: It does. But, you know, Joe Schober is a guy that I have watched for a really long time because one of my good buddies is a huge Browns fan, so I watch a lot of Browns games. And I've just – I've watched him play for a really long time, and he is one of the best middle linebackers that I have watched play. And I'm very excited to watch him in black and teal this year. I'm really excited to see Miles Jack go to more of like a natural position for him. And, you know, if this secondary finds itself in a situation where they play good, that's going to be crazy. I mean, cause like you look at like where it used to be with, you know, obviously the Jackson five and like these young guys that weren't expected to do anything and they ball out, like that's going to be insane. But this a defensive line, man. You really think Yannick Ngakwe would play? Yeah. You think? I do, too. I do, too. I have a feeling. I think even if he – I think he will. I think he would. I really do. I mean, you realize he's made
0: five, under $5 million his entire career. Next year, he'll be making a $1 million a game on the franchise tag. So, he, yeah. plays, he plays five games next year, and he's already made more money as a football player in his entire life than he's made in all of his years combined before that, and just playing five games. He is headstrong, um, but he's not an idiot. And that franchise tag is a million dollars a game, literally. So um, he's going to play, and he's not going to come back because he's scarred and jaded. And very seldom do you see situations like this end with a happy ending for both. You know? So um, yes, he plays. No, he doesn't resign. Um, honestly, I think he goes to here, – here's my projections on Ngakwe. He's going to either the Colts. I think that's the first most like, likely place that he'll go because um, I don't think we trade him. I think he plays under the franchise tag. And if we're just dog and we're terrible and we're and 5 at week six, I think we trade him for like a third or fourth round pick. If we're 2-2, two and two, um, I think he just plays on the franchise tag and he signs with the Colts. Uh, the Bengals have a lot of room um everyone's saying the eagles trade for the eagles like you people do you realize in 2021 the eagles are are projected to be 50 million dollars in debt under the uh, the cap they're not trading for ngakwe unless they think they're gonna win the super bowl next year and then like wipe their roster they're not trading for ngakwe they don't have the the cap space to re-sign him it's going to be a team like cincinnati uh indianapolis um the patriots projected to have a lot of cap room that's a team that i think Bill Belichick might be interested in Ngakwe, but you have to look at the 2021 cap numbers to really get a realistic view of who would want to trade for him or who might sign him in the offseason. I think that's going to wrap up our conversation for today. Uh, Look, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on social media, Jaguars underscore United on Twitter, Jaguars United underscore on Instagram. Make sure to hit us up on YouTube, subscribe, like, all those things you know to do. Thank you guys so much for listening, and as always, go Jags.